This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ninth Realm, an Age of Sigmar podcast brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org. I'm sorry that we're a little late today. We uh, are liquidating all of our fat mats. If you're listening to this and you want one, there's barely any left, like really literally a handful left. So jump in there and grab them at up to 60% off MSRP. But that is why we're late, because everyone's been double timing trying to get all those out the door. And with me is the man, the myth, the legend, the raw dog himself. How do and we have a very special guest with us today, uh, Scott. How is everybody out there? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for asking. Well, I wanted them, but not you. I mean, you know, I know you. Fair enough, fair enough. There's no live studio audience here, despite what most people might think. We actually had someone come into the shop the other day, and a look of uh, disappointment in our old shop. Not the new, the new shop's pretty awesome. We'll let Scott give his opinion. But the old shop, and a look of disappointment on his face was palpable. He literally thought we had like a call center. Like, we were getting so many orders that there was, like, a team of people just, like, firing off on the phone. And uh, he saw the sad reality of uh, Frontline Gaming, which is called a bootstrapped small business. Right. Making it work with what you got. Pablo might have been sitting on a pile of boxes. I, uh, I worked on a pile of boxes for the first year. Yeah. I lived on your couch for There's the nothing wrong year. with that. Yeah, I remember when I, I visited the studio downtown, I was, like, stepping in. Oh, this is it. Because you always film at one angle, yeah. so it's always hard to see the whole show. It's, it's always not. Your imagination is so much more grandiose than, than the reality of it. But our new place, located here in uh, San Diego, in Point Loma, is quite nice. I like it. This is great. You've got a huge space, uh, your own separate office, really clean. It's wonderful. Yeah, we have a storefront, uh, office, and we have a warehouse. Now, if we weren't manufacturing here, we're going to be manufacturing our own mats, the FLG mats. Uh, that's going to be replacing our fat mat inventory. Uh, if we weren't doing that, we could very easily set up four, five, ten tables. Uh, and eventually, I think we will expand out. We were going to get two of these that we're in right now. And the other side of it was going to be a gaming center, but they just it was just too expensive. Southern California is not cheap, and they wouldn't work with us on the price. So No, no, it's not cheap here. No, it's not. But that is in the long-range plans. However, we're here to talk about Age of Sigmar. And more specifically, we're going to talk to Scott, who is a very active local community organizer. He's helped us actually get more involved with Age of Sigmar. We wanted to talk to him about what it's like to kickstart your local community, what it takes to get people uh, interested in, in gaming, what are some tips on keeping your community going strong, and different ways to approach it, because you've successfully done all of these things. Kind of. I, I wouldn't bring that big of a pile, but yeah. He's very humble as well. I'm not, though, so I'll, I'll make Humble it. and handsome. Very handsome. I got a face for podcasts, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> as do we all. We all do here. Yeah. Yep. But uh, we do want to talk about all that good stuff because, uh, as we said, Scott successfully kind of led the charge on, on a lot of those topics. And we know from the emails we've gotten, and thank you for that, from people who want to get Age of Sigmar started in their local community. They want to get tournaments going. They want to get narrative leagues and campaigns going and they, they don't really know where to begin and that's a kind of a common dilemma in wargaming in general so uh, with that, when yeah. you're talking about a game that's not well established yeah the, 
it's no good uh, painting the models if you don't have somebody to play against. So you gotta yeah. build that uh, community together. So where would you like me to start? I mean, just from the drop of the game, from well, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll kind of lead you through it. So. Okay. You are one of the people that started playing Age of Sigmar right when it came out and liked it right when it came out. You liked the open nature of it. Yeah, it, it only threw me for about a week. I was uh, thinking, you know, here there's no points. How do I play this? Because I was so used to points. Then I remembered my old Battletech days where you just put lances on the table and you balanced it out right there. And after that, it was fine. I, we played. There were a couple of guys at the local shops. We'd get together and we'd put stuff on the table. And the old 40K player, or 40K, old Warhammer players would come by and go, what are you using? How are you deciding? We're, we're just putting it on the table. We're just playing. And it was really great. I mean, you get a few games where you get wiped out because you don't realize how strong or weak your models are until you meet them on the table. And we build and change from there and just play games. And we did that off and on Sundays for quite a while until the community got a few more people yeah. joining it. I mean, and Jason, I know you'll, you'll echo this sentiment, but... Scott's a really laid back dude, right? Yeah. Like you're the kind of guy that the game, in my opinion, this is just me speculating my opinion. You're the, the mentality that you have is the kind of person that the game was written for, right? Yes. Someone who looks at the rule set and doesn't go, I'm going to put 8,000 bloodthirsters on the table and then summon <laughs> 8,000 more. Right. Yeah. Scott, actually, um, I met Scott before I had even moved down to San Diego when I was in Martinez, when we had the store up in Northern California and I had been putting together our FAQ when we had been trying to get our own community going up when the frontline gaming was in Northern California and we were having issues with some balancing. So we had been putting together an FAQ saying, um, okay, we're going to house rule some stuff just for some balancing issues because there's no points, there's some, some unanswered questions. And we had put it out on the blog. Um, if you remember, we did that. Uh, saying this is what we're using in our Martinez store. Let us know what you guys think. It's happy, you know, it's working for us. Because if you remember, we actually had gotten the Martinez location going pretty strongly. We had like 15, 20 people showing up in that tiny shoebox store, which was amazing. Yeah, people you, loved it up there, but we were using these house rules. Scott had seen it, I believe, on the blog. Yeah. And then he had emailed me and said, hey, I love this. Can you send me some stuff? And he had actually play tested some of the missions that we were modifying from our 40K ITC missions. And that's how I met Scott. And then Scott gave me a ton of feedback on him. So that's how I met him. And then he used it in his play group, uh, gave me a bunch of constructive feedback on it. Yeah, we actually, we met before that. We, uh, BAO, a couple years back, I go uh, there, you're putting together the Sigmar, it just dropped that weekend, and we had about a 15-minute conversation yeah. all about it. Of course, you met about a bazillion other people that mm -hmm. day, so I'm sure I faded into the distance. But, um, yeah, I was excited because you guys had some people going, and we seemed to have nobody. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of sketchy. The, the scene was a little toxic. A lot of the guys, if you went to play and you're there with somebody else, they... They weren't, weren't talking with you. There wasn't much going on. And when I'd enter into the local boards, a lot of guys would just trash talk it or push it aside until finally I stuck my head up several months later and said, hey, is anybody at the store playing? And one of the guys said, oh, yeah, we've been meeting on Sundays at 4 o'clock. I'm like, well, wh when were you going to tell me? I, oh. And, yeah. But I got there, and the rest is kind of history. Between a three, two or three of us, we've been running little leagues and small tournaments. Even before the rules dropped, I was stealing tournament ideas from uh, Warhammer World because they were doing like put 30 models on the table, work it out with your opponent, figure out what's going to be the best game, balance it from there and play. And it was all based on favorite game scores that had nothing to do with win-loss. That was the tiebreaker. So if you got three best game votes and somebody else got three, then we'd go to your win-loss record. And, and people were enjoying those before points dropped. But as soon as points dropped, everybody wanted to put that on. 
Yeah. Which was great. And it's been pulling more people in as we go. Yeah. And I think that's a really good segue to the next part of this conversation is that you two are early adopters of the game. You are champions of the game. I know, Jason, you're the reason why we're playing it here. You're the reason why we're on this podcast right now is because you believed in the game when Frankie and I kind of dismissed it for the for reasons that everyone's very familiar with. There's, we don't even have to rehash it. And it's it, it just listening to this conversation develop naturally. It's like all going towards the same point, right? If you really want a game to thrive outside of just a, a pickup group of a handful of people that are all in the same wavelength, you have to have structure. And it was the game just went in that direction, right? That was the only way for it to survive. Either, you know, in early days, it was model count, this, that, the, the other. And we actually adopted the... Um, uh, wounds mechanic. We were doing wounds, but then we quickly picked up the uh, healing hammer guys, the South Coast the South GT Coast. format. And all of a sudden, that just resonated. It was like, oh, this makes sense. And we picked it up, and that was when we all started really enjoying the game. And then the General's Handbook came out, which was basically South Coast GT format. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of on the boat of trying to convince people that they can just play without the points. I mean, it's in there three ways to play. It's kind of hard now that there are points because right. somebody will want to meet you at a certain standard. And, that, and that's good when you're, at a, you're doing a pickup game at a store and you don't know the person. But I think it, it plays well if you just put stuff on the table with the idea of let's make this as fun as possible for both of us. And the thing, like, I, I agree with you 100%. And there are people that do play with that. Like, especially in the store, Jason's have managed Frontline Gaming. Frankie and I did for a long time. Kids especially... They don't like, like kids under like 13, they just want to put stuff on the table. They don't want to muck around with the points. They hardly know the stats of the thing anyway, and they don't really care. But and not to say that adults can't play that way too. You absolutely can, and it's fine. But if you really want a game to like kind of take off and thrive, I think you do need that structure because it's going to appeal to the, the average gamer. And don't forget, 40K right now had the three ways to play right out the gates. It's already been with us for a full edition. Yeah. 40k told you I and mean, it wasn't as structured like that, that was the mistake is there's not like a section of the book that says play unbound or another one that says don't have to use points play uh narrative campaign it's already been here but no like hardly anybody actually uses it everyone by default goes to the points and structure because it gives a common ground that you can you can actually you can compare it otherwise if it's it's you know if you want to play unbound which is completely fine if you want to do that Go have a great time, but well, it's going to be a local affair. And that's a really, and one of the things of 40K that brings people in is you can buy a box, your buddy can buy a box, you can put it on the table and play. And they changed fantasy to do the same thing. Um, one of the uh, YouTube guys I listened to, he said, one of the brilliant thing is when the two kids come into the store excited because they see some skeletons and they see some goblins, the store manager doesn't have to explain to them, well, in order to play, you're going to have to buy four more boxes of this and a giant rule book. And you're going to have to, you know, go through right. a certain army book. You can just say, great, the rules are online. Put your boxes together. Have a great time. Come back and let me know how yep. you did. You yep. know, and, and you can really get those kids excited, yep. get them into the game. It's, and it's, it's just easy to pick up. The barrier to entry is so much lower. So um, one thing, Scott, is you have taken uh, a gaming group that started with essentially, like you had said earlier in the podcast, started with about three to four members. Uh, your yep. San Diego community. And it, there's probably a lot of people listening right now who are really into Age of Sigmar, but they have the same problem. Maybe there's two or three friends that are getting together. They really want to get a community in their local scene going, 
what did you find the most effective way? Because now it's huge in San Diego. I mean, uh, huge in the sense of, of, of an emerging game. But I am uh, part of the Facebook group. Um, it, you had a tournament recently, and it looked like there was at least uh, eight tables worth of players. That's big. And, and how did you take it? How did you take it from a, a three to four interested players to now you have? I mean, there's daily chatter on this Facebook page. How did it go to that point? Well, it's not me and it's not just San Diego. A lot of it, it, we're all Southern California. So we've got guys as far up as the top side of LA and all the way down to the border. And that was really slow. That was really slow to build because we had to find each other. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's one store we all stumble into in one place. San Diego and Los Angeles are big towns. So, I mean, I started a meetup group and I had all sorts of interest in people on painting my models, but they never showed up. Um, then I started a Facebook group with the people at the store. And then like anybody tells me somebody came through, I hand them a pamphlet. It says, here you go. You enjoy this game, sign on here, call us, let us know. We can bring extra models and you can get a game in. If you like it, they sell it right over there. This is where you get started. And really, I mean, we've gotten between eight and 12 players per tournament as we go. And it's been getting a little bigger and a little better. And I listen to a lot of the podcasts out there. There's a guy who just started one out in St. Louis, and he's talking about how the first tournament they ran, two guys showed up. He went to another one. A few more people are there. But you can hear there's a small build, and this mm. seems to be the story everywhere. That's the way it Now goes. that the general's yeah. handbook has dropped, some people are coming back to smell around the edges of it that they walked away from and said, well, maybe if there's some points, I can play this. And then those of us have been playing for a while, and there's grumbling from some of those groups because, well, now these guys are tournament players. They're going to come in and ruin our game. And it's like, no, everybody's welcome to this game. It's... I even find so far you can't really feel the bad army because nothing is that outmatched per se. It's not like 40k where I I have hit tables, played a game, and the guy removed two models despite all the shooting from a super heavy that I could manage. Yeah, that doesn't happen here. Table models get removed, and that's what makes it fun. Your unit does something. Yeah, we've said an effect. We've said a million times things die in Age of Sigmar, and I think that's one of the best things about it. I wish they would tone down the mortal wound output a little bit. Like, if you really spam mortal wounds, you can do it. Yeah, some of the new stuff they're coming out with, the mortal wounds just seem to be yeah, out that, there. That's not fun, because in the game, the meta becomes how many mortal wound slangers can I put in my list. But any, at any rate, that's maybe a topic for another show. Yeah, it, I think what you've done is really impressive, and what, what we've said on well, this Well, it's part, not just me. There's a lot of us here doing this. Of I mean, course. It takes a village. It's right? just, I'm the face you know, but there's uh, guys who have been part of the Facebook community, guys who are... Uh, some people started Blood Bowl Leagues, just pulling people in from different stores. But we found each other, and that's kind of how it's moved. And I'm the one who's running the tournaments, so my face gets out there. But there are a lot of guys behind this. I, I don't want to make this impression like I well, of course it all not. up by myself. Of course but, not. You know, everybody you know. throw up a hip, hip, hooray for Al Gore for inventing the internet. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. You know, that's what it brings us together. <laughs> so um, my feeling, Scott, and, and this is hearing from you, and just kind of getting a general sense is when – if you're an avid Age of Sigmar player and you're kind of sitting in your local game store and you don't have a big community, I would say uh, probably one of the best ways that you can get people interested in the game is to bring stuff in and maybe you have a couple players that play, maybe bring your collection in and when people come in and they ask you, hey, what are you doing, what are you playing, maybe teach them how to play the game and not say, okay, we're going to play 1,000 points, we're going to play 1,500 points. Just put your stuff down and say, look, you, you take this dragon, I'm going to take this dragon, we're going to play. And, and really kind of get them, get their foot in the door and then say, well, wasn't that fun? But now, look, there's another play, way to play where you can actually give point costs to things. Would you agree with that kind of sentiment? Just get people kind of interested in the mechanics of the game. Look how easy this is to pick up. And now, look, there's a whole other way to play where you can go to tournaments. Yeah, I spent a lot of Saturdays and Sunday mornings with three or four armies under the table 
at the two local game stores. And when somebody walked by, what are you doing? Well, I got, I got my Sigmar stuff here. You want to play? And a few people joined from that, but kind of interesting, very few people joined that way. People I've seen who played and I showed them the game, not a whole lot of them, but people who walked by and watched us. They seem to be the ones who have come and joined us more often, which is interesting because, like, you think the guy you're showing the game to, yeah. and he would be a little more interested, but somebody came by to watch it. They picked up a box and they left that day, and then we see him two weeks later with it put right. together, ready to right. go. And that's, it's, it's huge. So they're watching guys laughing and having fun, right? Because from what I've noticed, and this is from playing in, um, against Frankie, Reese, people playing on the stream, is when I'm playing an Age of Sigmar game, there's a lot more laughing going on because there's a lot of fun random stuff it's just it seems to be more of a fun experience to me I, I don't know that's just my experience but if people walk by and they see two people laughing and rolling dice they are a lot more likely that they're going to stop and they're going to watch you play and say what is this game how much what do i have to buy to get in this game 40k at this point does tend to be a very tense experience where two people are more likely going to be sweating and kind of pacing and, and, and tensing up. Not now, of course, me. of course, not everyone plays that way, but in my experience, and again, this is my personal experience, so people in comments don't, don't go nuts, but I, I find that anytime I've gone into a game store and seen people playing Age of Sigmar, there's a lot more laughing. It's very much more lighthearted, even on a matched play yeah. experience. Yeah, it, it definitely is the more approachable game. It's the easier game to get involved with, and we've made this uh, comparison many times, is that it's easy to learn and it's easy to learn difficult to master which is the mantra of good game design but yeah. 40k in fifth edition was the simple easy affordable game and fantasy was a morass of insanity yeah and it cost you know a regiment was a couple hundred bucks and you needed multiples of them well and if you had the money then painting it I yeah. mean, that was what stopped me a lot of that, the... that was what stopped me as an adult gamer where the money wasn't such a big deal i had a fantasy army and i was looking at it in each model there's no space marine right even a Chaos Warrior is more detailed than a Space Marine in terms of the time investment. Yeah. And then, the, as everybody knows, the guys in the middle of the regiment don't do anything. You can't even barely see them. Why paint them? That's why everybody yeah, started doing unit there. filler. Yeah. And I, got, I understood why. And it was just like you're looking at like a regiment of 40 dudes that are ultra detailed, that are expensive. I do not want to do this. I don't want to sit here and paint this. Well, and I, I mean, I played in the Fantasy League in the local area for a long time. And I was often playing with plastic with just my heroes painted, the big models painted. And I eventually I'll get to that unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sigmar, I've painted more models, I think, starting that game than I have any other game because it, it seems more approachable to paint. I can, my brain can take it in small bites. It's I think that's a me issue. Lower model but I mean, too. And the guys come in from the store and like, wait, did you paint all these guys? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, why didn't you do that earlier? I'm like, I don't know. I, just, I don't know why this game excites me so much more. I want to sit and do this. Yeah. But when it's fantasy and I looked at a block of 60 skeletons, I'm like, nope, no thanks. No, no. And I, they just sat there. You know, and yeah. to this day, they're basically white, black, and the weapons aren't done. They just yeah. sit there because it's such you. an thing to look at. Yeah. I, I, I'm 100% with you. And the, the, the models for Age of Sigmar are so beautiful. But anyway, to go kind of back towards building communities. Right. And I think that that's something that's a good point to make is that, you, Scott, you've mentioned how you would just go to the game store and camp out. and to engage people and talk to people. I've said over and over and over and over a million times when people ask about getting a community going, all it takes is one motivated person, one motivated individual who shares their enthusiasm for what they're doing. That's all it takes to get yeah. the ball rolling. I should stop that. That is true. Uh, as I just Scott, wrote, Scott is nodding his head. I, yeah. I just wrote an article on this topic on Warhammer, the Warhammer community site. They had asked me to write an article about starting yeah, a community. Yeah, I those, yeah. And that's, it was the topic of it, uh, not, not to like derail the conversation, but the topic was all you have to do is be outgoing and motivated. 
that's it. And then you'll get the, the enthusiasm that you have and that you share with other people will get the whole thing going. Right. Like if you like a game called Warzone Resurrection. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> get out of here with that. That's an inside joke. Jason yes, convinced yeah. us to pick up the whole line of Warzone Resurrection. I think we've sold yeah. 10 things. Well, that's great. 10. That's, that's not good, right? <laughs> Jason is raising his arms cheering. Yes. So, Scott, uh, any other advice? I, I know you uh, wanted to talk about looking at the, approaching the game not only as a competitive uh, event where uh, you're playing in tournaments and, and leagues, but you also want to talk about trying to, to overlap uh, both narrative and competitive. Well, and I, I think that's really going to be the, the longevity of certain things because the fantasy, local fantasy community, I don't know about the rest of the country, but I know here they were all guys who were playing the league, kind of prepping for the next big tournament. And they threw in some fun rules here and there, but they wrote lists for that concept constantly. And there were people who come in and watch, and there were people who came in to play, and they came in once and walked away. So I want them to come in the door, and I want them to know, yeah, we can, we can play tournaments, and I, um, I enjoy that kind of cutthroat environment only from the perspective of I want to see what you put on the table, not that I'm going to win. I realize right away I'm going to give you a game. Um, especially, you know, 40K, that's what it is. I usually just look at my opponent and say, you're, you're welcome for the 11 points, and have a good day, you know, have a couple drinks on me. Yeah, go get pizza early. Right. Um, but... I want to also know when they come in, we're going to do this different ways. There's other ways to play this game. This is fun. That's fun. And whatever attracts you, go to those events. Like I said, there's been a lot of talk in the local YouTube channels, not local, the national YouTube channels and podcasts about we're going to attract the players we feed. So if I just keep running ITC events, I'm going to feed those players. And I love playing them, but I want to play in other ones as well. I want to run leagues where there's... Um, we're trying to pull, I'm trying to put one together and put it out there that'll have a land component where you hold things and stake them to get advantages on the table and yeah. stuff like that, which will pull more, I hope will pull more people in. And That I mean, reminds me of the South Coast Games Workshop League that you might have been a part of it. I know you, you and I have been running the same circles quite a few times, but it was a league that ran from northern L.A. all the way out to Riverside down to the border. And that was exactly what you did. You would wager one of your territories right. against your opponent. Your territory gave you a, a benefit. Like one combat, you can reroll the dice in one attack or something like that. Yeah, I saw it picked up by some Midwest store. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I played this a while ago. Yeah, I yeah. know this. It was and I started league. changing it for Sigmar. Yeah. Like, this is going to work. I, I, if it doesn't, oh, well, you know. It was a blast. We wasted a couple of weeks and we'll do something else. Yeah, you know? and it, it mimicked the, the NFL. Um, you had playoffs and you would go inner division, outer division. Right. Anyway, not to, to, if anybody wants to go look at that, it's the South Coast Games Workshop League. But you know, I ran for over a decade. If I, I agree that. you need people there who are gregarious. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. quiet sometimes. So I'll sit there and I had my stuff. And if they talked to me, I'd talk to them. If they looked over, I'd talk to them. Right. But there's a couple of guys. So when they're playing a game, they're loud, they're raucous. Right. And they draw people in. Right. And I, I really have to put a lot on their shoulders for getting people just interested in looking. Right. Because, you know, a few of them, he's telling a story as the game's going. And... Um, I was talking with some friends as I'm painting yesterday. Um, I played a 40K game, and I'm getting blown off the table. My cultist pulls out his rusty sword, runs up, and kills the opposing space marine hero. Not even a champion of, you know, a hero. <laughs> and I roll Demon Prince. I'm like, I just won the game. It's like, you're off the table. There's nothing left. No, 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 you don't understand. No, I won. This dude is now a Demon <laughs> Prince. I won. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way he plays the game. Well, he's winning or losing. He's running the story the whole time. And people just can't help but walk over and check it out. Yeah, those, those, those people that put out that positive energy, it draws yep. and attracts other people. But Frankie is like that. When he's playing and he's having fun, he is just laughing and just really entertaining person to watch yeah. play. But I think that that's really important to, to make note of that. And 
to make note of the fact that there are more than one way to play the game. My, my favorite way to play uh, any game is in a competitive uh, function, but I also love narrative campaigns. I love writing stories about the characters, making it fun and funny and engaging. Yeah. And I think that, that Age of Sigma was really made for that, but it's kind of found its legs by appealing to the, community, the competitive community. Well, a lot of people, I mean, almost every game uses some mechanic of blood points, uh, points itself, yeah. dice pools to generate your, your forces. And when you're told, no, nah, just put something on a table and play, have a good time, that's, that's, that's a kick in the head yeah. that they just can't figure yeah. out. Min miniatures gaming is a right brain, left brain activity. You need to stimulate, you need both. It yeah. can't be too heavily one or the other. You're just not well, going to The other thing that draws people to your table, painted models. Yes. I mean, I'm a big opponent of painted models for tournaments as a necessity. I'm a big op uh, proponent of giving points to guys who have pointed, painted armies so they can right. get ahead in the standing of that particular tournament. But I don't want to ever tell some kid who shows up and just put together a thousand points in our little RTT type thing we're going to run and slaps them down because I want to play until um, they're not painted. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that, I, no. I couldn't do that. No. Now, if it's a big event, you're talking to GT, then yeah, you got to have some standards at it because guys have put a lot of money and time, and I think you mentioned this a few podcasts back, to get there with their models. Yeah. That, you know, they it's don't want to plop it down and see yeah. gray on the other side and go, oh, no. really? You couldn't even... Yeah. yeah, couldn't even take the effort to just airbrush two colors on this thing. It's disrespectful, right? Like when you go into a big event like the Las Vegas Open or Adepticon or whatever, you come there to see... Half the reason that you come there is to see beautiful painted armies and play against armies that you don't get to play against. And it's, it is disrespectful to your opponent yeah. to show up with gray plastic. That's why no one allows you to do it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been a little talk between um, me and the guys from um, the Rolling Bad podcast. Because they're like, well, we want paint standards. Well, you're running little, little tournaments. And, I mean, yeah, you, you might want to do something to enforce it so yeah. people move forward. Because I'm one of those guys who I painted, like, a thing every league I was in for fantasy. So I had a pl big plastic army. So I probably needed a kick in the butt. Yeah. But, um you know, I, like I said, look, look at that guy who shows up with his army. He's ready to go, but he hasn't had time to paint it. I just can't tell him no at that kind of an yeah. event. I think it's important to have a format, a local format, where you don't have to paint it because then you can go try stuff out. I want to go try something before I buy, build, and paint it. Yeah. Right? So it's like, oh, I, I want this 40K as an example. There's a new formation or a battalion in Age of Sigmar. I want to try this battalion out, but it's going to cost me, you know, 150 bucks. I'd like to try it out. And, and proxy even with what you've got and what you got and so i think it's important to provide that format right and then to yeah, say well, like okay guys, regularly is, to play yeah. that's the other thing is find a place that you can play where you're visible and just go play yeah yeah we've drawn more people from the fact that we're there every wednesday or we're there every sunday and that's our two store different two different store times people wander into play because they know we're going to be there yep. mm -hmm. and it it's Oddly, it's kind of like a responsibility. I feel bad when I don't make it because if I wasn't there, what if one of the other guys didn't make it? Oh, no. Nobody was there to meet this kid who showed up. And, right. You know. Yeah. As with all things, consistency is the most critical component. Right. And talk to your game store owner, too. Like, if, if, there's, if you go to a game store and it's not something that's supported, ask them. Just say, like, I would love to have a community, but I need your help. Like, can you please have a night? Just say, this is an Age of Sigmar night. You know, they can certainly get support from Games Workshop. Games Workshop themselves love they will give prize support. They will give starter sets to them. They want to get the community going. So um, if you do go have a local game store where it's just not something that's going, talk to the store owner and say, look, we, yep. I, we need your support. I can go and bring my stuff, but if they don't have any support from you. Well, and they want to help they, you. And they will. Yeah. They, they're not going to say no. They can tell you as game store owners yes. that you're looking for those charismatic, motivated individuals yes. to want, mobilize yes. your customers. Because any game store owner that's worth his salt knows a regular game night generates revenue for the store and keeps the lights on. 
Because if you got people coming every Wednesday, they're more than likely they're going to pick something up. Or they're, they're buying them Mountain Dews. Well, yeah. whatever the case both, may both be. Yeah, yeah. Both, both local stores <laughs> I've approached, they, you know, I want to do it on this day. They go right and put it in their calendar. Yeah. They, they want the game there. Yeah. They want to sell the models. Yep. They, they want to build that community because that community is bank. Yeah, I mean, and they'll, they'll kick back. They'll show your, their appreciation yeah. to you usually by giving you store credit. That's a, a good game store owner will make that trade. Right. Any well, day the, of the last week. one I ran that the store owner did that, I was like, well, we've got X number of people showing up. I want the prizes to be about this thick, so I'm going to add a couple of my own dollars. And he said, no, 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 I've got this. Yeah. And you just went and took care of it. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, I understand that you'd want to do that, but I was going to step up because I also want this to be successful. I want right. people to play against. Right. It's purely selfish. But you're willing to make the investment, which a good game yeah. store owner will be willing to make the investment. Oh, if I put in 50 bucks of my money, I could turn into $400 in sales. That's a no-brainer choice, right? And yeah. any, anybody that's willing to, and good on you, by the way, for being willing to put your own money in, down. Well, we've, uh, one of the stores was getting rid of stuff because it's Christmas time and he had a bunch of terrain. The stuff, same stuff we're building here, I could see off on the corner shelf. So I picked up a few of those. So when I run a tournament, I can slap them on a table. I want a good show. I want people seeing how the game can be played, should be played. Right. Um, how I think it should be played and how others think it should be played. I mean, there's lots of ways to do this. I see people who put stuff on the table and they think, you know, twice the terrain of an old fantasy game is just, is just enough. I think that's too little, but I'm not right. You're not wrong. I mean, it's right. I, I prefer Age of Sigmar with a lot of terrain personally. I think it's a lot more enjoyable, but yeah, I, I, when I'm setting up the tables, the couple times I've, I've run tournaments, I'm looking for roughly the same equivalent of about 12, Sylvaneth forests of coverage yeah. spread all over the four by six table. I think you need line of sight blocking terrain. Like yeah. it's absolutely critically important because otherwise you have shooting units that will just blow you off the table. Yeah. I got a couple of the, the bastions. So I'm going to put those right in the middle yeah. of the table and one of the crucibles. So that'll probably take a middle of a table the next time I run something. So there's yeah. something in the way and area terrain is important too. A lot of guys are just putting out buildings and like, well, you got to get into something. Yeah, and you need big pieces of area terrain so the whole unit can get in it, otherwise you don't gain any benefit. Well, yeah, since the army I'm trying to put together for LVO is going to be orcs and I've got two groups of 30, one group of 20. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, I got to have a good sized piece of terrain to put them into something yeah. that I want them to cover. Now, most of the time they're not going to be covering because their job is to get across the table and hurt you before you take my models off the table. They have to, they have to pay for themselves. You know? Right. Well, that's, thank you so much for coming on the show, Scott. The advice you've been giving is, is absolutely awesome. I think there's a lot of people out there that are gonna, it's going to resonate with them because we get requests all the time from game store owners, from community members, uh, people in general that want to start getting an Age of Sigmar regular gaming group or a tournament going. Yeah. We do have the ITC for Age of Sigmar, and there's a lot of people that want to join well, that. Well, that's dragging a lot of people in. That's, yes. that's what's bringing the people down from L.A. when I'm running a tournament. One, the, the, one of the local stores is just incredible. He's added some new stuff, and they, they want to come down just for that. But... Um, the ITC is dragging those people in. Um, being on Facebook as a presence, being yep. out there, it just takes time. Don't get discouraged. Yes. I was really discouraged. I mean, literally when I typed that onto the local game board and said, look, is anybody playing? I felt like I was alone in the world listening to podcasts of everybody else doing it. Having fun. And then I got an answer. And from there, it's just been up. Yeah, it first has. You know, first tournaments were four, five, six. Then we got to eight, 10, 12. And this one I'm going to be running... Um, come the new year on the 7th, I mean, I've already got enough hints and pecs of twice what I had for the last one. So I may actually break into the 18, 20 range. And why don't you I'm tell hoping. us when and where that will be? Oh, that'll be uh, at ease games. It's right off of uh, Miram, 
Mira Mesa Boulevard near the base in San Diego. Uh, it's a beautiful store. He's just revented, re, you just, you just opened up a <laughs> remodeled bar. part of it. Yeah. There's a bar on one side and the tabletop's all on the back. Um, it's on the 7th of January and we are following the full ITC pack because I think guys want to practice before they go. I know I do. Right, before so I'm hoping game. I get an odd number and I don't watch like last time. Now there wasn't great watching actually. It was fun. Lots of guys brought huge painted armies. There were great centerpiece models, great units out there. It was really hard when it came to voting who was the best painted. And, and when, when is the, what's the date on that? That's the January 7th. 7th. Right. Sorry, I, would, I think I'm going to be at that yeah, one. Yeah, I think we all are going to be here that weekend. I know last time it was hard. I think we were all traveling. You guys are moving. You guys yeah. got so much you do. It's been you got a couple of games you juggle yeah. all by yourself. So coming to see mine, I, I understood that. It has been crazy yes. here the last, this whole year. We grew a lot this year, which is good. But yeah, I think that we'll be there for that one. Yeah, I think all of our armies are, are ready. Mine's fully yeah. painted by the Frontline Gaming Paint Studio. Ooh. <laughs> I did not paint mine. I'm only about army. 30 orcs into that mess. I, I was what, what kind of orcs off. are you playing? Savage? Oh, I've got the old ones. Oh, really? You're I've got the, the, from the old box nice. game. Nice. You know, when it was uh, Empire and Orcs. Yeah. I've got a whole group of the two-handed sword, two weapon guys nice. from that, the bowmen from that. And I just picked up a couple extra sprues somebody was selling on eBay. So I'll be able to make units of 40 if I want. So I'm still kind of playing with nice. numbers to figure out what's going to be most effective. But once I get my pattern down, I should be able to get them painted pretty quick. The, the bone splitters have been calling my name, but um, I, I really have been feeling the lure of both uh, free peoples and lizard men. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll the Seraphon, Sarah, I mean, they have some fun rules. Unfortunately, their battle tone came out first. So a lot of the special stuff they're doing now yeah, for like Sylvan they won't have they it. Don't have it. Yeah. The same thing with kind of Iron Jaws. They came out right on the cusp of that. And a lot yeah. of people are complaining. It's like they love the models. They're kind of pretty darn good, but they just don't have that last edge. Yeah. And for those guys who are competitive, that's important. For me, I'm like, they're just awesome looking models. I'm going to slap them on the table no matter what. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I think that we've covered the topic fairly exhaustively. Yeah, Scott, is it, is it, of course, thank you for taking time out of your day to come. And thank you for helping build terrain. So those of you <laughs> at the LVO, Scott will be there. Shake his hand, thank him, buy him a beer. He uh, helped. Yeah, they got a whole crew here doing that. Yeah, we got a whole crew of guys here just putting together terrain per usual, pre-LVO. We have a team of yeah, people. Yeah, this will be my just, second time helping yeah, out that. Yeah, I would thank you so much. Uh, it's always this way, and uh, we really appreciate the help because it's not, it's, there's not enough hours in the day for us to do everything. But uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Is it like a last piece of parting advice? No, I think I pretty much threw it out there to don't get discouraged. It, it yep. will grow with the ITC you've got. I mean, Warhammer TV, they're putting that out there. Yeah, on Twitch. it's been awesome. I mean, I, I I can just feel people coming to the store at this point. I've been yeah. Well, the, the beauty of the miniatures, just from that alone. Yeah. And, hey, they're doing this. Yeah. You know about this, Scott? What's going on? So the 40k guys are sniffing around me, going, "Hey, you you doing this?" So I think it's going up. Yeah. The the beauty of the models and the ease of which of getting involved has really helped. So yeah. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Ninth Realm. And again, if you do want to get a fat mat, this is it. We are liquidating them. There are no more after this. We will be launching our new line of mats, the FLG mats, which eventually will be made here in the United States of America. The first run of them will not because we just simply didn't have time. Uh, and we want to make sure we're crystal clear on that point. But uh, coming March, they will be manufactured right here at Frontline Gaming by us. And, and we're really proud of that. And you said we'd be able to get our own designs on it and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. We will be able to do custom work at some point. At some point. I'm it's, not, you know, if right. it's two years from now, I'm still, I still have it in my head. I won't be that far out. We're, we're, and, and, and this is another good segue. One last little point here. If you would like to try your hand at designing a mat, an FLG mat, please email Frankie at, Frankie at FrontlineGaming.org. 
Again, that was kind of confusing the way I said it. Frankie at FrontlineGaming.org. They're on the and website. You can find them. We're taking a look at, we've got a bunch of people that have been really excited to design a mat. Uh, there's some big name people out there like Goat Boy. Thomas is going to be doing it. We have a, a, an artist from Blizzard, a um, good buddy of ours. He's uh, cool. done a ton of work for WoW and Hearthstone, and he's uh, taking a crack at it. So if you would like to design a mat, uh, reach out to us. We'd like to see what you can do, and we can help you because it's a little bit more complicated than you might think. Yeah, but yeah, eventually we will be able to do custom work. Um, that is one of our the reasons why we made the investment to do it here. Yeah, that's what you had said. I was really yeah. excited when I heard that. It's, yeah, there's a, we have been asked a million times for people to do custom work. And when you manufacture, when you outsource, you can't do it. Right. It's not possible. It's like, would you like to order 500? Oh, you wouldn't? No. Well, then no, we can't do it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So um, at any rate, that's exciting for us. If you do want to get a fat mat, though, please do so. 60% up to 60% off on some of them and we are damn near out. So please don't hesitate if you want to grab one. Scott, thank you for taking your time out of your day to come and join us. Hey, anytime. And Jason? Yes. Get on that vacuum. Halfway done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.